This is episode 48 with coach Carl Hewan. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Coach Carl is back and he's here to help us dial in our optimal health as always. If you haven't listened to episode number nine with Carl, I highly recommend you do that so you can hear us talk about many different areas of optimal health and optimal living and just many powerful areas to fully help you live your best life. He was also on again in episode number 34 talking about the foundations of breathing for optimal living and today he's helping us dial in our sleep another vitally important factor to help us operate to the best of our ability in every facet of life. In this episode, we don't just talk about sleep patterns, but we also talk about best practices during the day to help you sleep at night. Carl gives a lot of context to the hows and whys of habits and patterns to help you sleep better. This is one of those great reference episodes that you can listen to over and over again at different times in your life and implement the tools and strategies that he teaches us. So just a reminder, Carl Hewan is a functional medicine and functional neurology expert. He's a holistic health, fitness and performance consultant, a business owner and a wellness speaker. He's also my life coach and he's been instrumental in shaping my journey for the past almost two and a half years now. Now, before we dive deeper into this episode with Coach Carl, I want to do a quick shout out to an iTunes reviewer again. As you know, this helps keep the podcast alive. Now, this one is from, they've signed it off. Their name is Love to Wash the Dog, and they're from New Zealand. So, not sure what their exact name is, but I love that one. They love to wash a dog. I know their answer that would have been in the fast five questions that I used to ask to the guests. So, they've titled it Fascinating and Thought Provoking. I love listening to this podcast. Brett has done a fantastic job in choosing a hugely diverse range of people to interview. It amazes me how they each have so many ideas or values to offer, even when their fields are so different to my own. In particular, I've enjoyed challenging the way I think and react to various situations and thought patterns and analyzing my core values and how these impact my daily life. Thank you so much, Brett Robbo. Please keep them coming. Wow, thank you so much. Love to wash the dog from New Zealand. That is awesome. There, That's the type of things that I hope people can take from the podcast. It's not just about inspiration and things that we learn. It's actually about taking action on those things we learn. So it really sounds like that's had a big impact in, in your life. Uh, love to wash the dog. So thanks for sharing that. Okay, now let's hear how we can really dial in our sleep routines from Coach Carl. Coach Carl, last episode you intrigued us all with your knowledge and actionable take-homes with breathing, which was awesome, and I've had some people reaching out to me and telling me how valuable that episode was for them, so thanks again for that wisdom, and welcome back to Your Life of Impact. 
Uh, great to hear, Brett, and it's great to be back today discussing another, what I feel, very important topic, building on that layer of breathing as we discuss the key benefits of optimal sleep on our health, well-being, and overall performance across all levels of our health. Absolutely. For anyone listening to this, if you haven't heard that breathing episode, it's number 34, and I suggest you go back and listen to it because it's a powerful foundation for, like you just said, Carl, optimal living that we're building off with each of these short episodes with you. And as you said, today we're diving into the topic of sleep. So let's jump right in. Why is sleep important? Great question. I, I personally absolutely love sleep it's, and it's extremely important. If we look at the health stats currently, the Sleep Health Foundation found up to 45% of Australians have poor sleep patterns. And that's just, I mean, you look at New Zealand statistics, UK statistics, American statistics, just global statistics, 45 to 60% generally globally struggling and dealing with poor sleep patterns. One in three adults don't get enough sleep and we will touch in in terms of enough sleep because that can be different for for different people. Um, And the International Sleep Health Journal shows that sleep deprivation is now becoming a global epidemic. And that just says to us straight away, with our busy pace, fast-paced lives, sleep is generally the first thing that kind of gets put on the back burner. And it's such a key element for our overall mental, physical, emotional health that repairs us, primes us and optimizes us to live in a, a joyful, energetic, happy, healthy journey. But when we don't recharge our batteries, it can go the other way as well. So how many hours a night should we be getting? Great question. Generally, if we look at research, first we'll look at the research and then we'll discuss what I actually see myself and and, and practice as well with clients. But generally, the, 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 the general guide is around seven and a half to eight and a half hours per night. Now, there is debate around that in terms of shorter sleep periods around sleep, but if we look into the deeper sort of hormonal profiling and and the the hormonal effects of of the longer durations of sleep and sleep cycles, the general just as we speak now is around seven and a half to eight and a half hours. That sounds good to me. I'm an eight hours a night type person. I try and get that as often as I can. Sometimes I'm stolen of an hour or two here and there, but my average is definitely eight hours. Yeah, I agree. My my sweet spot is eight. I know, don't get me wrong, I can, you know, when life sort of, you know, life's life and sometimes we we don't always get the optimal amount, but um, I find I hit my sweet spot at about eight and I feel energized, re, you know, refreshed, mentally focused and clear. Um, and I always, that's, that's generally my, my aim. And I, I do pretty well on that as well, to be honest. I, I do value it, so I make it a priority. Now, what about catching up on sleep? So if we think about parents who will say, Eight hours is a dream. They remember that from a past lifetime or people who are are overworked and choose to sacrifice their sleep to get more work done. Can you then try and catch up on sleep on the weekends? Well, there's a thing called a circadian rhythm and it basically is like all things health related. There's a, there's a sweet spot. There's a homeostasis that we that our body you know likes to keep us, and it's kind of like our body temperature, our blood pressure, um, our alkaline acidic ratios. There's always a sweet spot. So our circadian rhythm basically isn't an on-off switch. It's this sleep-wake cycle or day-night cycle that for optimal health, we need to pay attention to because it's a universal principle, and if we go against it, we do suffer pretty serious health consequences, not immediately, but 
if we were to step outside of that rhythm over a prolonged period of time, this is when we see a lot of the, the epigenetic effect of the gene expressing itself in different forms of disease. So, Yes. I mean, again, sleep when you can. Um, you know, life's life. I know, you know, with young kids, you know, we're up and down where sleep's disturbed. But yes, if you get a moment, power nap if you can during the day. Um, there's great research around the benefits of that. Just ideally speaking, and we don't always live in this perfect world. So yeah, I mean, if you have a pretty hectic week and you get to the weekend and you schedule in some time just to purely relax and your body tells you that you need to shut your eyes and you need to sleep, by all means do so, um, without a doubt. But from an overall perspective, um, again, it, we, we do see research showing that our health is more optimized in the circadian rhythm state. And with the napping, it's I'm a, I'm a napper. I'm a, I love napping because I feel like instead of needing an afternoon coffee, I can have a 20-minute nap and I'm good to go again. I feel like the day started again. I've, I've taught myself really well. I can breathe myself to sleep and have a quick nap. Uh, I usually stick around 20 minutes unless I've been really robbed of a few hours sleep the night before. I might push it out a little bit. But what are some of the general guidelines around napping? I know some from working in high-performance sport, but for everyone listening, if we're wanting to do a nap is there any guidelines around time wise or or timing in the day that it's good or not so good yeah definitely because i mean and we'll go through the stages of sleep shortly but generally there's brainwave frequencies that we go through when we do sleep so as a general refreshing recharging power nap um it's generally around your 20 minutes if you look at it from a physiological perspective um, because that allows us to recharge and refresh without going into the deeper, groggier states of sleep where, you know, if you push it out to 30, 40, 50 minutes, um, sometimes it actually takes you longer to get out of that deepest phase of sleep and to get moving again. So you can actually feel actually worse off and more tired. Um, And that can be the effect of jet lag. I'm sure you're well aware of that. You can travel across the other side of the globe, um, get there and go, I'm just going to go for a, uh, I've I've done it a number of times, just going to go for a quick little power nap for 20 minutes and recharge and 12 hours later, you you wake from the slumber. Um, So just from a refreshing performance perspective, keep it to 20 minutes. Um, That should be enough to, like I say, refresh, recharge, and then keep you going again, but also not impact your sleep later that day or that evening, sorry. Yeah, that's one rule that I sort of always stick to. I don't nap after four generally because I feel, and what I learned and what I used to teach my athletes is napping after four, you can sort of jeopardize your sleep, but I know some people will nap after work and then uh, it doesn't actually affect their sleep. Let's talk about those, the the sleep patterns and the rhythms that you just briefly mentioned. Yeah, so there's generally, sleep usually passes through four stages and on average it's kind of like this 90 minute cycle. Stages one to three, what we call sort of non-rapid eye movement sleep and then stage four which is REM sleep is is rapid eye movement. Now stage one is around 5% of total sleep. And it's when we kind of are just kind of starting to feel a little bit sleepy, um, a little bit tired. The eyes are starting to just sort of slightly shut on us. Um, and the feeling state's kind of unwilling rather than unable. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, you might want to do something or remove something, but you actually you can do it if you wanted to. You're conscious, um, but you're actually tired and you think, uh I'd rather not do that. Um, I could do it, but I'm not able. And that's that sort of initial stage of sleep. Tired, that can wait till later. I'll do that tomorrow. Stage two sleep. 
which is around 45 to 50% of our total sleep. This is a conscious awareness of the outside world begins to fade completely. So we start to drop into that kind of deeper levels. And that's what I mentioned just previously with that 20 minute power napping. We don't kind of want to get into that stage two sleep because it becomes a lot harder and the body gets a little bit excited and goes, fantastic, we're in this for the long haul. Um, We're going to start to tap into deeper recovery repair phases. Um, And if you break that short, you can sort of, you know, that's that gluggy sort of the body starts to go, well, hang on a sec, we're on a good roll here. What do we have to, to stop? So that's the 45, 50% of total sleep. And that's, this happens more in teenagers. Um, you'll notice teenagers and, you know, I did when I was going through that chapter of my life, um, they can sleep for days. They absolutely love it. You know, um, it's quite interesting watching kids go through the different phases and, you know, parents talking about, you know, I just wish my kids would sleep more and they get to the teenage layers and I'd say, I wish my kid would get up more. Um, you know, they sleep past 12 each and every day on the weekends and I can't get them out of bed. And this is, <laughs> the really neurological sort of growth phases of sleep. Stage three sleep is the deep sleep. And this is a delta sleep, what they call delta sleep. So you're tapping into the delta brainwave frequency. And this is this, this just normally occurs during the first half of the night. Um, during an hour, when if we've got our circadian rhythm set and we kind of got this nice sleep cycle, um, this generally will happen an hour, 90 minutes pre-midnight if you generally get to bed at, you know, the, the 10, 10.30 mark, um, five to six days a week, generally speaking. And then stage three is around 15 to 20% of total adult sleep. Um, and then we move into stage four, which is the REM sleep. And this is rapid eye movement sleep. And this is generally our restorative part of the sleep cycle. So from a physical and mental perspective, the body is going into a lot of repair, um, cleaning up a lot of the, the, the work from what we've done during our day. It's resynthesizing fats into the brain, into the bloodstream. Um, and this is a really important part of sleep. And it's generally our dream state as well. So a lot of people generally refer back to when you ask the quality of sleep. When they get into these deeper phases, they start to dream. And it might not be a dream recall, um, but they'll know that, yeah, I had some form of dream or something along that lines. And that's a little sort of cue as well that you are tapping off and relaxing and getting out the way of yourself and getting into these deeper restorative sleep states, which we really do want at the end of the day. So when we talk about optimal living and the importance of sleep, and I think that that stage four is essentially what we need to be tapping into more often to actually repair the body as much as we can so it can be ready for the next day, it can be ready for the next week, month, years ahead. Like you said, we can survive off less hours sleep, but we're going to pay for it in our health further down the track 100 percent, you know and do we want to survive or do we want to thrive is the is the big question and that's what i ask all my clients um are you surviving and literally treating water and just keeping your head above or are you actually thriving and really recharging your batteries and although you know you pull out that stage four is vitally important and it's all important you know we can't get to stage four if we don't go through stage one stage two and stage three um it's kind of like this 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 path we have to walk Um, and we'll touch into shortly how we can prep our body for sleep so we can actually get into those states a lot more effectively and easily because a lot of people do get in the way of themselves during their day which affects their ability come into the evening um, to shift into these deeper stages quite more effectively and subconsciously. 
um, which is key. Well, let's bounce into that now then because I was going to ask if you had some tips for all of us uh, on how we can optimize our sleep, but it sounds like more importantly than that, how we can set ourselves up during the day as well. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, like firstly, and I did this morning, it's, you know, just gone 7am here in, in a rather sunny and warm Sydney, but I was up this morning at 6am and going through my morning routines. And one of those routines is to get out into some natural sunlight um, or just daylight, just light. Um and get that and this is just like I said with getting some light on my eyes so I do my morning mobility out there um, and I have five or ten minutes just in this natural light environment which switches my body on and says to my body yep it's daylight the sun's up Um, it sends it sets my circadian rhythm up for the day and it changes my hormonal profile Um, it brings a hormone up generally known as cortisol which is going to benefit me and serve me throughout my day so first point of call I always say to a lot of clients, try and get out in natural light before 10 a.m. And that's that's critically important. Now, looking at my own experience working with clients and the ones with a lot of sleep disturbances, um, and there's a number of factors going on here, but one one error is they generally don't get out in the morning. Their, their body actually doesn't really see natural light. They might see it for five or 10 minutes when they're racing between meetings um, or they've you know, if they're lucky enough to escape the desk during the day to get out for a bite to eat, um, they get a little bit there as well. But I'm talking about no sunscreen, natural light on your skin and on your pupils. Take the glasses off and just allow that light to hit hit your eyes. Um, a cool room, okay, in the evening. So again, whether it's, you know, we're in summer here now and in, in, out in here in Australia um, and it's warm it's, it's very very warm so um, you know make sure to, to upregulate melatonin production um, and melatonin is a sleep hormone that's what we start to synthesize in the evening when as soon as the sun starts to go down that needs a nice cool room if, the, if it's too hot melatonin won't get up to levels to allow us to get into these deeper stages of sleep so whether it's a fan I prefer a fan or open air um Air conditioning, again, we're not going to go too deep into it today, um, but that can have its, its consequences as well. But however, if that's your only option, traveling, you're in a hotel room. Um, I've been in hotel rooms whilst on the road and you, the windows are actually locked. Um, you can't open them. Um, and it's been sort of pretty warm. I've just had to take the hit and, and use the air conditioning as well. So um, lights in the evening. It could dim your lights. Okay. Have candles. Um little Himalayan rock, I've got Himalayan rock candles around the room, they, they send this really nice auric glow. Um, put your screens on night mode. Now a lot of the devices now have these night mode options. Um, there's a great program called Efflux, which you can download onto your laptops. Um, that basically just tunes into where you are in the world and looks at the, the sleep-wake cycles, or also, sorry, the circadian rhythm day-night cycles, and it starts to take um, the, the brighter blue light out of your out of your screens as you move into the evening. Um, the reason for that, that bright blue light is basically it stimulates cortisol when it hits the body. So that's what I'm saying in the morning. Get up and get your light in the morning. Come the evening, turn that light down. And the blue light, when, you're, when you look at a, a screen in the evening or you might be watching TV or whatever you're doing or the lights just at home are quite bright, your body thinks it's lunchtime. 
your body thinks it's the sun's up and it's ready to go. So cortisol just keeps pumping through. And this is one of the big issues I see with um, upsetting that, that nice circadian rhythm flow of cycles. So people's circadian rhythm start to get all out of whack and they've got cortisol up in, in the evening when it should be higher in the morning and then they get to the morning and they can't drag themselves out of bed because cortisol's basically on on the bottom of the floor, um, and that's when they need the caffeine to get them up and get them get them alive. So to reset that circadian rhythm, light in the morning and low light in the evening. You can also get blue light blocking glasses. I think these are fantastic. Um, I've got a pair myself. I'll put them on in the evening. Um, yeah, they might not be the sexiest thing in the world, but hey, they're functional. Um, and they, I, you do really notice a difference. My sleep quality um, is, is fantastic. You know, when I look, like, like I say, prepping my environment, dimming the lights, putting the, the blue light blocking glasses on, um, and I really feel that the effects of that deeper recovery as well. A dark room is really, really key. Um, so if you've got, you know, if you're in a city and there's a lot of sort of uh, auric glow around from street lights and apartment buildings and things like that, um, get some blackout curtains. But if the darker you, you can make your room, the easier you're going to tap into those four stages of sleep and feel a lot more refreshed when you wake up. And even things, I've, I've you know, clients have taken out, you know, the um, – the alarm clocks, okay, with a little auric glow, you know, turn those off. You know, use your phone, put it on flight mode, which is key. Your alarm will still work, but just make your room as dark as possible. We've got light receptors on ev- on the, the surface of our skin. Um, so even though you shut your eyes and you might even use eye masks, um, you know, if you if you basically your arms out or you it's hot and you know you're, you're like i said you, you're sin- your skin's exposed out to the the room um these light receptors still affect how you can deep how deep you can go into your sleep so just food for thought there blood sugar balance is a key one um making sure that we are balancing our blood sugars throughout the day so be mindful of the nutrient density and the the ratios of your foods. If you go and you're eating quite poorly, you're filling yourself up with caffeine, you're dehydrated, um, a lot of your meals are spiking your blood sugar responses, so you're kind of on this roller coaster journey throughout your day. That's going to really disrupt your ability in the evening to relax and repair and get into these deeper phases of sleep as well. So blood sugar balance during the day. If you're fasting, you know, fasting is a fantastic metabolic health principle but if there is any metabolic inefficiency or glitches that are impaired with certain individuals for whatever reason and yes they can be fixed um, fasting may not be good for you if you're fasting and you're not sleeping very well um, my advice initially would be reassess the fasting platform balance your blood sugar levels, monitor your sleep and then dig deeper if that's not working for you um, i.e. reaching out for some help Exercise. So if you can move your body during the day, loads and loads and loads and loads of fantastic research out there that this preps our body for quality sleep. Um, This is really, really important. And remember, we're not training our body. Sorry, we're not draining our body when we're exercising. Always train, do not drain. So if you go over that mark and we're, you know, like I said, training for marathons, working pretty hard, eating poorly, not sleeping well, um, we're starting to drain the body, not train the body. So if you can get some good sort of metabolic workout throughout your day, some movement, um, and 30 to 45 minutes is, is optimal. If you're moving, you know, 
with compound movements, um, keeping your, your exercise quite functional across three planes of motion, 30 to 45 minutes, even 20 minutes is, is, is fine. Um, but just make sure you get some form of movement in there. Hydration, okay, key. If your body's dehydrated, um, you're stressed. It's, it's, a, it's an underlying stressor. Cortisol, cortisol will be upregulated. Um, this will affect the ability for you to synthesize melatonin in the evening. Um, again, make sure you get hydrated optimally and make sure you, you're aware of that throughout your day because um, hydration will also um, – Again, it will upregulate your blood sugar levels and, again, create that stress effect. So that's a really, really key take-home as well. Brilliant. And now I'm going to link up in there the F-Flux thing that you mentioned because I use that on my computer just so people can have a look in the show notes. There's plenty of tips in there that you've mentioned, all such valuable information for us to implement into an aspect of our lives that we have to do every day and as you and I said we actually love sleeping now before we wrap up remind everyone again where they can find you online and how they can engage in your awesome services sure do you want to just quickly touch on some of the physiological benefits Brett before we it won't take long but it's just a, a few more take-homes uh, for the listeners that uh, can link the, the why sleep is quite important I want as many take-homes as possible but I'm wary of your time and my next question was going to be is there <laughs> anything else you'd like to say before we finish up so go ahead enlighten us please you know, do you know that's a very dangerous question <laughs> exactly. there's always more to say <laughs> but just, just to yeah just to finish things off I just want to just highlight um, um, some of the physiolog- physiological benefits of, of optimizing our sleep. Remember, it's nature's most powerful antioxidant. Now, that's that's a really big factor right there. As an antioxidant, it reduces inflammation. It keeps our body young, both physically, mentally. Um, I can't stress that enough. It's 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 free. It's there. It's natural. Um, prioritize your sleep if you want to live a youthful, energetic, happy, healthy life. Um, as I mentioned, it. it, it balances our circadian rhythms and tunes our body into our environment. It increases your insulin sensitivity. Now, type 2 diabetes, what used to be termed adult onset diabetes, now we're seeing kids at the age of 10, 11, 12, 13 years of age with the so-called adult onset diabetes. Okay, that's just a decrease in your insulin sensitivity. It's a lifestyle factor. Now, sleep and research link completely in a a pretty strong correlation um, with decreased sleep patterns. So sleep helps optimize and recharge and repair your body to hit the ground running the next day and increase that insulin sensitivity so you can get energy to your cell. Cholesterol. Cholesterol is a big one. We synthesize cholesterol into our cell when we sleep, not during the day. You know, I guarantee I see cholesterol levels rebalanced normally, okay, to really healthy, optimal levels by people addressing their sleep. You synthesize cholesterol into your brain, you synthesize cholesterol into your cell when you shut your eyes. Um, Not only cholesterol, key essential fats for our neurological function and brain health um, are synthesized when our eyes are shut. Body fat upregulation, you burn body fat. Okay, as I said, you synthesize fat into the cell. You also metabolically upregulate um, your body fat. If you if you want to reduce your body fat, okay, to healthier levels, um, manage that sleep prep during your day, and then all you need to do is get your sleep on on track. And I'll guarantee you, you will start to reduce your body fat um, quite easily. Cellular, it upregulates our cellular repair. Okay, so we know that cellular. Um, 
upregulation as an aging process um, and cellular mutation as a disease process. So by sleeping, we actually start to work with this and, and get this healthy cellular environment. It's calming, it's grounding. We feel relaxed, it reduces our stress, and also optimizes our stress uh, perception. Now, stress perception is we know that it's not what happens to us in life, it's how we purely perceive that stress. Um, so that's quite a key one as well. You're more resilient if you sleep and get your sleep right. Anxiety, depression rates start to come down. Um, this is shown a lot through research, just purely by sleeping. Um, you know, it prevents a lot of the Western modern diseases you know, that we see now, autoimmune conditions, cancers, etc. It lowers our blood pressure. It curbs our cravings. Now, just quickly, when we sleep, we've got, we, we rebalance our satiety hormones. Um, leptin and ghrelin are key, key hormones that communicate together and control our body fat levels and our appetite. Now, if we sleep, if we cut ourselves short on sleep, these hormones don't communicate properly. And you'll notice if you cut yourself short on sleep, I'll guarantee you nine times out of 10, you'll be quite ravenous the next day and you'll eat a lot more food or your body will want to eat a lot more food. And it also, as I mentioned before, it reverses type 2 diabetes, okay, along with a few other factors, and that's re-linking back into that insulin sensitivity there as well and keeping that, keeping that optimal. A couple of additional points, okay, um, again, day, night, summer, winter, it's seasons, okay, so that circadian rhythm is really, really key. We now live in an endless summer, Okay, um, what I mean by that is our lights are on from the moment we open our eyes to 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. Our body thinks it's constant summer. Um, there's seasons for a reason when we look at natural health. If we're at one extreme or the other for too long, our body upregulates a diseased process. Um, this, this endless summer affects our aging, our cellular turnover, um, increased Increased light exposure increases our blood sugar levels, insulin, cortisol, our cravings, um, and our calorie overall calorie energy consumption. The effects, obviously, we get the insulin resistant. We get the serotonin resistance. Now, this isn't something we've touched on here, but serotonin is our feel-good hormone. Okay, if we're resistant to serotonin in our, in our brain, and 95% serotonin is actually synthesized in our gut and then travels up the vagus nerve to the brain, if we're resistant to, to serotonin, it's a, it's a long, bumpy journey out there. Life becomes a lot harder than it actually really needs to be. Um, and that links into type 3 diabetes, Okay, so if we're not repairing in the brain, um, type 2 diabetes is termed in the functional medicine world as Alzheimer's. Okay, and we're now seeing Alzheimer's, which like two, type 2 diabetes, used to be this adult onset condition. We're seeing people with starting to show signs of Alzheimer's at you know the 45, 50, 55 years of age mark, and that's frightening um, to be quite straightforward. I think it's absolutely alarming, um, and we need to be mindful of optimizing these sleep patterns. And lastly... Okay, the hours of light we're exposed to, okay, control genetic on-off switches, our enzyme activity, and our gut bacteria. Okay, so if our gut's out, if there's inflammation in the gut, there's inflammation in the brain. If there's imbalance in the gut, there's imbalance in the brain. If we're not synthesizing feel-good serotonin or, or dopamine or neurotransmitter upregulations in our gut, we're not getting them to our brain. Um, and it's really, really, really important. Full stop.
(laughs) (laughs) Don't ever let me hold you up. I appreciate that. There's so many golden nuggets in there. And I like what you said earlier about it. You know, our sleep patterns keeping us young and youthful. And as you know, I'm going to live until I'm 110 and be running when I'm 110. So I guess that's why I prioritize my eight hours and still get my naps in too. I'm thinking of the long term and not just the short term. 100%. I'll be right by your side, Brett, you and me both. Absolutely. Now, we'll have you back on again soon discussing uh, mental health and mindsets, which I'm super excited about because I love this area and it's vitally important for everyone. As you've touched on with the breathing and sleeping foundations, everything is related to all areas of our health. So I'm excited to expand on that. And who knows where we'll be chatting to you from, whether we you're about to uh, depart to India and the Maldives for the next three months and do a bit of a meditation retreat in India and some tripping around there, which will be awesome. But we'll catch you somewhere in the world at some stage to expand on everything once again. We certainly will. Um, I will be, yeah, like I said, I work remotely with the, um, with my clients, so I will be working throughout the journey. Um, so next time we touch base, we I will be in India, um, which I look forward to. Absolutely. I will hear them uh, cooking up some nice curries and some garlic naans in the background. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you are. You'll enjoy that meditation retreat too. But Coach Carl, once again, you're a legend. Thanks again for sharing your deep knowledge with us all to help us live optimally and get the most out of our lives. Keep shining your authentic light to the world, my man. Cheers, Brett. Absolute pleasure as always. And I look forward to touching base soon. There you go. Another bucket load of valuable information from Coach Carl to help us live more optimally and help with our health. Make sure you check him out online and also stay tuned as we'll be collaborating with more great short episodes in the near future, like we discussed. But we're also in talks of other ways to collaborate to continuously bring more value to you guys. So we want to hear more from you. Make sure you reach out and let us know what you want to hear more of and how you would love to dial in your optimal health more. And as always, remember, this is your life journey your life of impact.